This show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com slash brewdognews for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 8 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This has been recorded on the 14th of August 2018, where your fortnightly source for the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me, Bruce Cameron. We've got the delicious Andrew Watson joined us. <laughs> hi. And the delectable Emma DeSena. I think I prefer glamorous, but hi everyone. <laughs> Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the AGM in the USA. It's finally here. We have some exciting news if you like food. There's a breaking news about a huge new Brewdog project. Born to Die is back and it's tasting amazing. Alan is here. Andrew is here. We go to Milton Keynes and we take a run round Edinburgh and much, much more. Standard disclaimer time. We are all shareholders in Brewdog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So without further ado, let's play some food music. You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. What I love most about your company is the passionate, talented, massively hardworking bunch of people that we have. James Watt, Martin Dickey, this is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Bruno News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. Ah, and a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week, but especially our top tier supporter, Innes. Thank you, Innes, and a shout out to Emily for recording our intro there. So, here we all are, and we have a new voice on the show. Hello, Emma. Hi, guys. Hey, Emma. Where are you based? Well, that's a very good question, Bruce. (laughs) I actually am based in London during the week and then Brighton at the weekend. Ah, cool. So I'm a two-minute walk away from the Camden Bar, which is a bit dangerous for my wallet. Um, and then maybe about an eight-minute walk from Brighton. So, yeah, I lose both sides, really. Oh, or win. Imagine. Or win, of or, course. I used to live right in Aberdeen City Centre where I, I could just walk around to either of the bars anytime, And I did a lot. Andrew, how are you and do you live near any Brewdog bars? <laughs> I am well, thank you. I couldn't. Could I walk? Well, my office is a five-minute walk from Clerkenwell. My other office is a five-minute walk from Shoreditch. So that takes care of lunchtime. Um, <laughs> Do you go for a lunchtime pint? No. No. Maybe on a Friday. Is that still a thing? Do, do people still do that? Yeah. The problem is, if you have a pint of anything brew dog, then you're just like, you're, you're half steaming by the time you go back to work. <laughs> Bruce, where's your nearest brew dog bar? The um, the new up and coming Clarkson will be the nearest one. <laughs> Excellent. Tom will be delighted. Friend of the show, Tom will be delighted to hear. It. Uh, Emma, tell us about yourself. Um, we we had you on the podcast um, last well two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, but yeah, when did you become an EFP? How did you get into Brewdog? Tell the lovely listeners what they'd like to know. Yeah, so I I moved to London 10 years ago now and I actually lived on Bethnal Green Road, which is where the Shoreditch Bar is now, but it wasn't there when I moved there. Um, but I just remember that popping up and was really fascinated by it and, you know, the marketing really caught my eye. So that became my regular in 2012. So that was really the start of my brew dog journey, but I was... 
always into beer before, so I really got into Belgian beers at quite a young age. Um, over oh, 18, though, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I ended up moving to Camden a few years later, and I was just really regressing it now, but really slack at signing up to be an EFP. So I actually only joined this round. Really? Do you do you only take jobs where you can or live places where there's a brew dog within five minutes walk? Yes. My old office was five well, probably a three minute walk from Clerkenwell. And then the one before that was a ten minute walk from Shepherd's Bush. Um so yeah, it's all tactical. Do you subscribe to fanzine? I do, actually. I've been signed up from the first the first round um and i'm really enjoying it actually i, I know you've not signed up yet bruce have you no not yet yeah, what not do yet. you what do you think what's has there been any highlights for you so far well i never got to try clown king the first time around so i really like that um and i know it's controversial and i don't normally like sours um but i really like the pina colada zephyr oh that's disgusting <laughs> I got a can of that. I got another can of that the other day because from a pal, and I I gave it away. And I, I don't want this. Really people were going, "Oh, this is lovely." I'm Some like, pal. Yes. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because Elvis Hammer was in the the mixture of Elvis Juice and Jack Hammer that we've spoken about. Yeah. Do we have any thoughts? I just cancelled my subscription. <laughs> did you really? Well, I did, and then Elvis Hammer put it to a fair. It was beforehand because I wasn't getting through it, but. I thought fanzine was about letting the brewers cut loose and do some innovative and cool things like the pina colada. And they just go and they didn't even brew something for this. They just took a mix from two tanks that were already there for supermarket beers to do something that you can do yourself at home. I I, I don't understand it. And I think it's a waste of a, of a can. Yeah, I, I think it was, for me, it felt like it was trying to be a sort of bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke for the, you know, EFPs almost. But I, I, I felt it was a bit of a waste of a can. Ooh, here we go. Bruce. Uh, what? <laughs> Where were you? You're supposed to shout, the script clearly says you're supposed to shout breaking news over the top. Right, oh, try it again. Okay. Here we go. Breaking news. Thank you. Can't get the staff round here. Yes, big news coming out of Brewdog. Um, we've heard rumours of this for a long while. Um, since James and mine, they've, they've been filming uh, series four of uh, the Brewdog's Brew dogs tv show uh, over in america um and he had hinted that there was going to be some sort of um very different way of watching the show going forward um and yeah we we've uh, cam posted up a little sneaky uh, preview video which if you're on the efp forums please go and have a look at it um it's about 30 seconds long and it's just sort of hinting at what a brew dog tv network is what's going to be called what that would look like so it's now definitely not a rumour, um, and I'm thinking this could be one of the most ambitious projects that BrewDog have done, you know, aside from obviously opening up all the breweries and everything else, but I mean, I think this one is a very big deal. Um, yeah, later on the same thread, uh, James has come along and he's talked a little bit about the types of show that will be on there. Um, and I asked a question in there about how we're actually going to be able to watch this. No confirmation back. I think they're sort of keeping things a bit quiet. But uh, a lot of folk were saying it's it's going to be in some sort of app that you download, possibly. Um, 
So other than that, the only other thing to tell you about this is uh, James wrote this. It's a little bit of a gamble, but if it works, we'll have an asset that generates revenue and is the backbone of a content-driven global marketing strategy that looks to share the pa- looks to share the passion we have for amazing beer through education, information, and entertainment. Um, now, outside of that, there isn't much else we can say on it because that is pretty much all we know. Um, I've got a strong feeling that actually this is going to be a announcement at the USA AGM because that's coming up on the 25th of August. That's about two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there we go. That's what we know. What do we all think? Well, I'm signed up, actually, because I invested in US round two. So I get free subscription for a few months and I'm actually really looking forward to it. What I would like to see is um, not just it focused on just James and Martin all of the time. I'm really looking forward to seeing other people in the craft beer industry being showcased as well. So thumbs up from me. The I must admit, when I first heard of it, I was a bit dubious. I um, I've, I've seen a few episodes of the the show, but there was nothing there. The, Bre- the Brew Dogs TV show, yeah, yeah, the Brew Dog TV show. There was nothing there to. to pull me back in to watch it again and again and again and I, I thought right okay let's see what this is about now the video that was posted up that was a lot more I suppose wider in appeal and there was things in there that I thought ah that looks quite interesting that looks quite interesting whether it's going to be successful and long running who knows who knows but I was I suppose I was, I was a bit more optimistic after seeing the video than hearing the idea yeah. What's your thoughts on it, Andrew? Similar to Bruce. I think it's... James's post subsequently talked about a couple of numbers around making it work, which seem achievable. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, if they can get the subscriber numbers they need and it even just washes its face, the, the above-the-line marketing impact will be such that I'd, I'd see it as being a good thing, so long as it's not costing an absolute fortune to do, particularly if it can't recoup its startup costs. That would be, as an investor, that would be a worry. But, yeah, let's give it a go. Bruce, did Andrew just use the phrase above-the-line marketing impact? Yep. It's been a long old day of work, hasn't it? So can tell you. How many times have you used that line today, Andrew? (laughs) (sighs) Why are we doing these on a weeknight? (laughs) Yeah, okay, so, well, and I, I don't really know if anybody's got anything more they want to say on this one, because it is breaking news. But. I think it's just the, the platform's going to be important, so yes. I think asking people to stream it on their phone is not a recipe for success. Um, I think there's so many streaming options out there where you can use devices on your your TV, or you can put it through a smart TV. I think that has to be the solution, and a standalone BrewDog streaming app wouldn't grab my attention. And what about cost? You got any any feelings with regards to what 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 the the sweet point would be? I for me, I think it would make sense if it's more along the lines of a Netflix model, so that you can sign up and if you want to cancel whenever you want to cancel, you can. I wouldn't mm-hmm. really want to subscribe if I'm tied in for you know a long period of time. I don't see how they can justify more than a few quid a month, personally. Um, that, that, that's where I'm I'm leaning towards as well. If they came out with Nine ninety nine, ten dollars. Uh, no, I'm out. Mm. So for ten pounds, yeah. I can get. So I'm a big rugby fan. I can get all of the Pro Fourteen Rugby League um, 
live as well as some magazine shows and all the highlights package. I don't see them creating that much content to that higher quantity. Um, so for me, I'll be interested to see that. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, zooming out on the thing to to use one of those phrases a bit, it's it is going to be very interesting uh, from what's happening in uh, America. I mean, let's just say hypothetically this really takes off. Okay, and let's just say that um, it, the viewing figures in America, perhaps not here, but you know, go through the roof. There. The profile of Brewdog is going to be raised so much that they'll, you'll, you'll, there'll be queues outside new bars opening everywhere. There'll be people finding out about Brewdog that, that would never have otherwise heard of it. I mean, I, I think the benchmark has to be Red Bull. So they have their yeah. Red Bull channel on Fire TV, on Apple TV, on you can Chromecast it as well. And it's got great content, not all related to Red Bull because of all their sponsorships. That's free on those channels. So Brewdog have to do something pretty special to compete in that sphere of companies using TV channels as a marketing vehicle. Mm -hmm. Mm. Cool. Um, USA AGM, we mentioned that just there. Um, What can we expect? Andrew, I believe you've had a look into this, but before you do, I should just double check. I presume no one here has been to the, uh, any of the USA AGMs. No, I was meant to, so there's a chance I'd go this year, but uh, that work trip's moved a few weeks, unfortunately, because that would have been a nice one to get. Yeah. Yeah, so what can you tell us, Andrew? So it's, uh, imagine, so picture the scene. You go to a big brew dog party. It happens once a year, and it's somewhere quite warm and balmy with an outside element. So for those of us that have been through a good few years of Aberdeen AGMs, this is, it's basically like an illusion or some sort of mirage. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, yeah, it's at the Columbus Brewery. It's got a massive car park. There's the, I believe the Doghouse Hotel will be open just in time. And it's just the recipe that was uh, mastered in Aberdeen being rolled over with an American accent. So you can expect guest beers from Seventh Son, from Rheingeist, from Land Grant, from Jackie O's, from Platform, Scofflaw as well, which is interesting because they did, they're doing some contract brewing oh, yeah, yeah. in Columbus uh, and a few more. So a good lineup of breweries, a nice balance between some interesting ones from out of state and the Ohio guys as well. Music wise, uh, there's some interesting ones. Cold War Kids are playing and I think that's the first time I've heard that name for about a decade. So that, but they are quite good. So that should be worth it. And the usual beery fun, food, etc. Um, there's a good thread on the BrewDog forum, if you go on there and look in the BrewDog USA category, if you're going to the event, all the information you might want about tickets, about uh, uh, bag storage, that sort of thing, will be there. I wonder if, yeah, I wonder what their bag policy is on that. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I, I did notice as well, there's quite a few threads already running. I've seen it on the uh, You uh, BrewDog Facebook group as well. There's people mentioning. Um, doing ride sharing and things like that, which obviously um, Americans love a road trip, as so as all the <laughs> movies they've ever made lead us to believe. So yeah, um, I'd love to go next year. Yeah, we just need to get a few more Patreon subscribers. Patreon dot com forward slash Brewdog News. Yeah, there we go. Um, Emma, you've got the next one. We are talking about Vegan Mondays. Um, I think, well, we spoke before the show, and you've got a little bit of background in how this all came about, so go for it. 
Yeah, I'm super super excited about this as a vegetarian. So BrewDog have decided to get involved in meat-free Mondays, which a lot of pubs and restaurants are doing now. Um, and it's such ve- the vegan industry and market is such a fast-growing sector. And I, I believe personally that BrewDog have got a really strong offering in terms of um, vegan and vegetarian items on the menu. So BrewDog have made a decision to offer two-for-one on mail on main meals on Mondays and that started on the 13th of August across all of the UK bars um, and what one thing I really love about BrewDog is how they ask for customer and EFP feedback from us on a regular basis so yep. that they actually did some focus group tasting sessions recently and I went along to one of those sessions so Tommy the head of food and his team they did it in five or six bars across the UK Um, and the objective was to improve the vegan and vegetarian offerings on the menu even further and offer more choice so I went to a burger session but they also did pizza sessions as well and I got to taste six burgers throughout the evening so I had to be rolled home it was very generous of them (laughs) to do that um, but yeah, so we had a couple of um, beetroot style burgers. There were a couple of jackfruit variations, so a barbecue jackfruit burger. Um, there was the cauliflower burger. Yes, have you not had it? What's before? jackfruit? Never even heard of it before. <laughs> it's a fruit, funny enough. And yeah. It's um, people describe it as a similar consistency to pork. So you you can you. They do um, pulled jackfruit in vegetarian restaurants and they have jackfruit curry as well. Um, it's really tasty, actually, for for a non-meat alternative. Quite meaty. I mean, I'm I've looking just, at the picture. Yeah, I've just Googled it as well. It, and how would you describe it, Bruce? I mean, it looks like, it all sort of looks a bit otherworldly. How have I never heard of this? I mean, it's like... it's. It's like an avocado, but lighter coloured and more dimply. And massive. Oh, yeah, so it is. Look, there's a picture there. They're absolutely huge. It's like the size of a watermelon. Have you never Holy seen them moly. in your local Tesco in Aberdeen, then? No. no. <laughs> it's, it's, this is Scotland. There's no vegetables up here. Rob, Andrew, the, the jackfruit um, can reach as much as £120 in weight. A meet, almost a metre in length. <clears throat> and it has a similar consistency to pulled pork. Okay, well that's slightly terrifying, but go on. It's tasty, honestly. Um, okay. So, so the yeah, the objective was at the end of the session for every, all of the FPs that attended to provide their feedback, um, and then that was collated after all of the sessions, and they decided then to um, choose some of those options to put forward for the new menu. Um, That actually comes out on the 10th of September. So from now until then, they are going to shortlist even further. And it depends on sales on these new um, veggie items. So I think there was five or six new burgers and pizzas. And they're looking to keep two or three out of those on the menu. So my plan is over the next month, I'm going to go into a BrewDog bar every day and I'm going to buy five cauliflower burgers for the next month. And then it will stay on the menu. 
Okay. Well, several thoughts on that. <laughs> Firstly, please open a window of the evening. <laughs> Secondly, that's a great excuse to go to a burrito bar. Really, and, and the, the cauliflower burgers are that good that you would you would be upset if they didn't make it through the selection process. Rob, have you not read the forum? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. This last week, I've been I've been struggling to keep up a little bit. But go on. I think I'm known for loving the buff, buffalo cauliflower. I won't say wings. Uh, cauliflowers don't have I, wings. I, wings. I, yep. I stopped myself I, there. Yeah, I love those. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of those, and actually, the cauliflower burger is just a bigger version of that. So it's like a cauliflower steak. So rather than having the balls all in a bread bun, it's just one thin slice um, of cauliflower, but battered and marinated the same way as the, ah. the Okay. Wings. Well, I am definitely going to try. <laughs> the non-wings. non-wings. Not wings. I'm definitely going to try this. This is great. Um, yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, better skip on. We have a very quick story here. It's one sentence. Uh, Cam posted up in the forum. This is Brewdog Cameron. We often mention Cam. I forget to actually introduce who he is. He's the head of uh, EFPs who looks after us all. Uh, Brewdog is seventy. Brewdog counts for seventy percent of all the imported craft beer in Russia. That's up ninety four percent year on year, and it's the craft beer category in Russia has grown by thirty percent. So, Russia, that massive 11 time zone continent well it's not a continent but yeah russia 70 percent of the craft beer that goes into russia imported is from brew dog and there's no brew dog in russia i've never associated brew dog with russia actually that's oh yeah there was the putin can was there yeah and of uh, vladimir that's right yeah hello my name is vladimir that's the right. protest beer that they sent him <laughs> but I think that's kind of fascinating. I, I'm assuming that the, the the locations of where it's going, it must be obviously Moscow, St. Petersburg, and some of the, maybe a couple of the other bigger places. And that's Are it. you just naming places that you know in Russia? From the World Cup, yes. Brilliant. <clears throat> ah, excellent. Nizhny um, Novgorod. Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> Andrew. Very good. Um, Bruce. Yes. So just before we run the Brewdog Believe audio, here's a quick Brewdog brain teaser for you. Brewdog opened their first bar, Flagship, in 2010. But what was their second bar they opened? Answer after the break. Ooh. These are the things that we believe in, the things that we work for, that we strive for, that we fight for. These are the things that underpin everything we do. We believe in world-class craft beer. And we're on a mission to put the taste, the passion, and the craftsmanship back into people's beer glasses. We believe in community ownership. Our business is part owned by a community of over 70,000 beer lovers from all over the planet. We believe in independence. In an industry dominated by faceless corporations. We are making a stand for independence, a stand for authenticity, and a stand for craft. We believe in giving back. The business can be a force for good. Via our groundbreaking unicorn fund, we give away 20% of our annual profits. We believe in radical transparency. From our beer recipes to our financials. And from our profits to our future plans. We share everything. 
We believe in being a great employer. We believe that our long-term destiny will be completely dependent on how well we look after our amazing people. We believe in taking a stand. Most companies are scared to take a stand for the things they believe in. We are not scared. And finally, we believe that good people drink good beer. People like me. And 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 me. Cheers. We also believe in ghosts, but there wasn't enough space on the list and it wasn't really relevant here. But go ghosts. <clears throat> anyway. Right. The answer to the question <laughs> is Brewdog opened the first bar flagship in 2010. But what was the second bar they opened? The answer? Now, according to the script here that I've been told to read out, it says Edinburgh. We've talked about this before the show. It's Edinburgh. I'm sure there's a blog post and it says Edinburgh. And I've emailed Ben at Brewdog and said, is it Edinburgh? And he's not replied. So I take that as definitely, yes, it's Edinburgh. But you think it's what? I still think it's Edinburgh. Andrew and I think it's Glasgow Kelvin Group. Glasgow Kelvin. Look. I'm with you, Rob. That's too low. Oh, see, now... Oh, okay. Well, apparently, if we're going to do this as a new little feature, we probably should fact-check the answers. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. How pathetic. (sighs) We'll come back to that one. Right, on to the voicemails. We're keen to hear from you here in the Breedon News podcast, so please feel free to call us on 01224 518 501 and leave us a message. Uh, With two messages this week, first up is this one from Andrew. Hello, Breedog Podcast News. My name's Andrew Warlow, and I'm phoning with a quick question for you guys. Basically, I work offshore. Now, here's the question for you. If you had to go three weeks without a beer, A, how long would it be when you got back, and which beer would that be? Thank you. Bye. Okay, so Andrew wants to know, he's an offshore worker, and he wants to know how long before we got back on shore, if we were in the same situation, after three weeks, would we be before we got a beer, and what would it be? Now, living in Aberdeen, I can already tell you that quite a lot of the guys who work offshore proceed immediately to the nearest bar and get very (laughs) drunk, it's very irresponsible, and they cause problems. But, yes, for me, it would be, I would, if it had been three weeks, I would just have been dreaming about an ice-cold pint of punk. Uh, And I think that's the one I would go for, because you are going to be consistently get a great product. Um, Emma, what would you go for, and would you rush immediately to a bar? Um, Yes, probably. My untapped tells me that I have on average, two beers a day, every day. So, yes, Ooh. is the short answer to that. Um, nice. I would probably go for Tokyo because... What? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made the mistake uh, a couple of weeks ago at the London Craft Beer Festival. I, I really love big, boozy beers. So I went yeah. in high and then regretted that later on in the oh, day. Oh, Bruce, Bruce does this all the time. Yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah, every yeah, age, yeah. Jim, and he always gets like horrendously in a bad state. I always think that would be okay, but then, yeah, clearly not the next day. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so yeah, um, Tokyo for me, and it's irrelevant whether it's 35 degrees outside, I still love a good porter or stout in the sun. What's Tokyo coming in these days, percentage-wise? Seventeen, eighteen. No, I think it's, it's not, twelve it's not now, isn't it? It's about. It's it's about twelve now. Yep. Yeah, so the original was eighteen point two, which some people would say is the greatest beer of all time, and uh, now it isn't. 
but yeah, I think it's twelve some. Yeah. Okay. Andrew, would would you immediately rush to a bar, or would you pace yourself and find the perfect pint? I'd probably have a shower, um, <laughs> a proper one with ample running water. Um, I might drink a glass of tap water as well, just because that's something you probably wouldn't get offshore. But then... Uh, very sensible. I'm so you. sensible. Would, London water makes you miss, makes you miss Scotland. Um, I would have a resiny... IPA, double IPA, something like a stone ruination out of San Diego for super fresh, um, or something like a born to die or a native son. Brilliant, Bruce. Uh, I uh, I feel a bit bad asking you this because I know you're on a, a bit of a health kick at the moment. Yeah, but can can, can gonna... you describe in detail what beer you would love to drink? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm taking four weeks off just now to do this um, kind of diety thing that I'm on just now, and it's, it's going well. The not having a beer isn't going so well so you know, at the moment. But I think what I would do, like Andrew said, is um, a nice double IPA to come back to. Now, I'm going to go back to one that was at the, the AGM, if you remember, Rob. It was the... Um, no, I don't. No, Carry on. Course, it was the Northern Monk Double Heathen. Ah. Which was an absolutely fantastic double IPA. What do you think about that beer, Rob? I haven't tried it. I put a <laughs> forum thread up the I'm other sorry. day. I know. Saying I've never tried them and then everybody jumped on and went, Oh, you didn't get them in the AGM. Uh, very funny. Um but yeah, uh, so I've got some on the way from the Enchanted Garage. Hello to Chris at the Enchanted Garage out in West hey, Hill. Uh he is uh, sorting me out and uh, apparently we all get a ten percent discount if you use a offer code. So if oh. anybody's placed an order with him let me know. I'll get you the offer code. I Excellent. can't remember what it is. So that's <coughs> professional. Andy. Oh, Rob, can you play the breaking news theme tune again? Oh, I can. Hold on a minute. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Breaking news again. Now, this isn't on the script. However, I've just managed to find out with regards to the bars in Edinburgh uh-huh. and Glasgow. Are you were ready. We need a drum roll for this. It was the 27th of July 2011. Okay. And Edinburgh was the 21st of March 2011. Uh, so it so was I a... was right. Ha. Huh. So that's why, because they were dead <laughs> close to each other. Yes. they were Brilliant. Yeah. And I should know that because I was in the Edinburgh bar at the festival in 2011. Back when it was new. 5am Saint was so fresh and so nice. Anyway, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll just um, repeat that. It was the 23rd of July. I was four days out, but no, there you go. So between March and July, that's when it was. Cool. Thank you for that. So that'll stop people writing and telling us. Oh, no, they'll still do that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> write in. Please write in. Yeah. Um, right. Speaking of people writing in or calling in, uh, here's our voicemail, a second one. This one's from Matt. Boys, how are you doing? It's Matt here. Good to see you still going strong. It's not so much a question this week, but there is a little question in there. Are you aware of Dogwood, a charity from Shopwood or Woodshop? Go and do some research. Looks like they're doing some good stuff, and BrewDog's giving them some wood to work with. This is where you can do a joke about working with wood. I'm sure you'll fit it in. Cheers now. Now, we're not going to do any jokes about working with wood or fitting it in, Matthew, because we're not that immature. However... <laughs> <laughs> However, um, yeah, I have n- I have not heard of this, and no, um, me neither. 
I, I did a, a quick Google round, and if you find the website shopwood.co.uk, there's BrewDog's logo, and it looks like there's a lot of good information about it. So, um, yeah, if unless anybody knows anything about it, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework assignment here, Bruce, uh, between now and you. the next episode. Yep. Could you go off and uh, find all, out all about it for me? I will do that. I will report back. Excellent. Um, oh, actually, right. one thing, actually, is, is what are you phoned in? No. Oh. No, I don't know where what he is because his Twitter account has gone very quiet as well. Oh, okay. Then. Um, it's an odd one. He he's kind of he's he's gone very quiet. So, no idea. Oh well. Anyway, um, yeah, there we go. So, uh, right. So coming up, we've got uh, issues with birthday beers. Uh, we're going to be visiting the new Brewdog Bar in Milton Keynes, and Bruce will be showing off his fantastic audio editing skills. <laughs> but first. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's that time again. It's my favourite bit. Emma can join in now as well. Helps if I got this open and ready. Remind me again what section were we doing this time? Three. Yeah, I did that. Um, it's a closed book test, Bruce. Come on. It is, it's closed. <laughs> oh, it's for the pages. <laughs> Okay, it's been a few weeks, but it's time for us to jump back into our revision for our Cicerone Bar Server exam. If you've not heard about this before, because it's been a few weeks, a quick explainer. We, along with hundreds of other EFPs, are all studying hard to get Cicerone certified, well, Cicerone Bar certified. Uh, this is the test that all the BrewDog staff take, and then they get a wee pay rise when they pass. Ah. Uh, if you want to join in, uh, then log into your BrewDog account online. You'll see a new learning and development section in the menus at the top. In there, uh, along with the CBS workbook, is an interactive online version as well. So you can either read the book or you can do the online one. All the materials are free, so you can learn everything you need to know before you take your exam. Bruce, yes. have you been studying hard? Yes. No. So this week we're going to be looking at beer styles. Sure. Uh, now... None of these first few questions are actually covered in the CBS exam, but I thought it would be fun to ask them anyway, so Andrew's got some to join in with. So, Andrew, we will start with you. A true or false answer, please, to the following. Traditional Scottish beer styles tend to be malty instead of hoppy, as hops don't grow well in Scotland's climate and soils. Is that true or false? True. I that. I would have said the other one. Oh, I, I pressed I pressed the correct button and it came out as wrong. <laughs> Sorry, there we go. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, La, La La Land. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I would have said that. Fair enough. Um, Emma, are you up for joining in on this? Yeah, go for it. Okay, here we go. Question two. Louis Pasteur's discoveries... Sorry, Louis Pasteur's discoveries about yeast and pasteurisation helped increase the shelf life of beers. True or false? True. It is indeed true. Louis Pasteur helped us with our beer too. Bruce. The German Reinsheitgebot, the purity law, mm-hmm. was brought in to ensure the highest possible standards of German beer production. True or false? False. Correct. I knew, I knew that. It was largely brought in because it was about taxing beer production. Yeah. And that's the, the German purity law that you can only have hops, water, malt, and, well, they didn't even know about yeast at that point, did they? So, it was actually yeah. called the, the German Reinheitsgebot. 
Reinheit Skirboot. Do, do you want a bonus point, Bruce? No. Can you, can you can you spell Reinheit Skirboot? Yes, I can. It's R E I N H E I T S R. Have you you just googled that? I can hear you typing. I'm not typing at all. Look, hands are here. Yeah, but your video's not. Oh, is that? Andrew, question four. In Belgium, brewers were taxed by how big their mash tuns were. True. Correct. Belgian authorities were allowed to use the use of a second untaxed mash tun for unmalted grain, and Belgian brewers were happy to take advantage of this, which led directly to the way they make lambics and wit beer today with lots of unmalted wheat. Hmm. Interesting. Emma, you're up. The Beer Judge Certification Programme catalogues all the beer styles. True or false? True. Correct. You are two for two, I believe. Bruce, mm-hmm. a beer with an ABV of 6.5%, like, say, Elvis juice, is described as being having a very high alcohol level by Cicero. Is this true or false? 6.5? Mm-hmm. Well, if it was me, I would say no. I would, no, it's not. No. No, it's not. You are correct. I'm doing well today. It's called elevated if it's between 6.0 and 7.4%. Okay. Last, last questions. Andrew, high, bu- high carbonation in beers makes them seem smooth, creamy, and full. True or false? False. That would be nitrogen. Correct. Mm. High carbonation in beers makes them seem crisp. Emma. For the CBS exam, you need to be able to describe the perceived bitterness of common beer styles. They are known as low, moderate, pronounced, assertive, or highly assertive. True or false? I think that's a trick question because I think that's on, on the next level, so I'm going to say false. You that first wrong answer. That is actually correct. Yeah, that is how you do describe the perceived bitterness of beers. Okay, Bruce, last one. Go on then. Hit with it. A 20 IBU, that's the International Bitterness Unit, a 20 IBU beer will taste less bitter than a 60 IBU beer. Ooh. Um, I think the higher IBU. I'm going to say f- False. You're correct. Yes. You're correct. But oh. here's the thing: the higher the IBU number, the bitterer a beer should be. However, bitterness is a balancing act. The IBUs may be high, but if it's balanced by the sugar is in the malt, the beer may be very smooth. IBU alone does not tell you about the beer's balance without some more information. Excellent. Hmm. And here endeth the lesson. Excellent. Right, and uh, next week we'll be moving on to the actual beer styles themselves. So, all right, hope you all enjoyed that. Okay. Super. Right, um, next up, Andrew. Uh, There was a QA and a with Simon Wright of Hawks Cider on the forum. Um, I asked you if you would mind having a glance through it. I haven't had a chance because I've been super busy with work. Um, But, yeah, what, what, uh, what facts did Simon reveal? 
Yeah, there's quite a lot of interest there. He uh, he answered your question, actually, Rob, about what they want to achieve with cider. And very simply, it's about education, just like what Brewdog have done with beer. So Hawks make their cider from 100% real apples, whereas uh, some other brand, you, know, you can imagine one that uses an archer, bows and arrows, that sort of yeah. thing, um, is probably about 35% fruit concentrate. So it's more expensive. Uh, but higher quality, which sounds mm-hmm. very familiar to those of us that have been with Brewdog for a while. Um, what I also found interesting was how their business started. They actually made ginger beer first from, and this was news to me actually, they had a kiwi juice base with blended natural ginger after they fermented the kiwi. And I had no idea you could make ginger beer out of kiwi fruit juice. Wow. So there we go. I love a ginger beer. Yeah, I mean, me too. It's uh, very, very good and, and summery. So the rest of the, the chat was uh, mainly around the type of apples you'd use. So dessert apples, which is much more of a white wine flavour versus West Country, which is tartar and funkier. And uh, more about distribution. So basically it's following the Brewdog model. So use Brewdog to get out to market and create a craft cider revolution in the same way Brewdog did beer. Cool. I'm, I feel a bit stupid that I didn't get a chance... Well, I've, I've not looked at the thread. Uh, one of the other things I asked was if he would be interested in coming on the podcast to tell us all this stuff. I wonder mm. if he... And that was a definite yes. Oh. So. oh, awesome. Right, Bruce, we're going to London. Yes. At <laughs> some point. We, we, I tried... I think... We tried well, the we tried the um the some of the hawks um ciders down at um the Edinburgh Craft Beer Festival and and uh, I, I could have I could have happily stayed at that that stop. Emma, are all you day. into the ciders mm. at all? I mean, I think everybody's heard me rave about them. Do you know what? I've never tried any of their ciders, but I'm so I'm not a cider drinker, and I think I had really bad experiences when I was younger, and I used to go to Glastonbury Festival and had you know, uh, yeah, not very nice cider there. Um, but I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah, I should go down to the tap room actually. I think on the beer mile. Yeah, the tap room's good. It opened basically the weekend I left Bermondsey. I used to live down there, um, but it's it's just as good as the the bars and the the breweries down there. So. Well worth a visit, and Excellent. yeah, the side is lovely. Cool. Um, right, Emma, you've got this next one. Um, there was an issue with birthday beers. Seems to be a bit of confusion going on. Yeah, so um, somebody posted actually recently, but this subject tends to crop up every now and again. So one of the benefits of being an EFP is that you can go um, three days either side of your birthday, say before or after, and claim um, a standard measure of a Brewdog beer. But what's been happening sporadically is um, people are going in and staff are saying that you only can have one of the headliners, which isn't the case you can have any brew dog draft but I went in for my birthday this year and never had any problems at all and a lot of people say that as well um, but JB was on the forum the other day who's head of retail and he commented that um, it's spin out on uh, bar comms they include it in training they um, also include it in people's inductions when they join the business so they feel that they've done as much as they can but um 
he's actually put together a poster now which is going to be displayed at the tools and it is confusing there are a lot of discounts and benefits that EFPs are entitled to and non-EFPs because um, you can claim the the driving discount if even if you're not an EFP as well so I understand um, that it's difficult for the staff to remember everything so let's hope then that the posters at the till are really going to resolve this once and for all cool it makes me kind of think that there's probably a lot of people out there who aren't aware of a lot of these things like this i know there's the tattoo discount yeah like you say the uh, designated driver discount we should probably do a little feature where we just remind people maybe once seven you know every year or something we do a feature just reminding people what benefits they get um, from being an efp or from we could do it in a bar and actually get the discounts i like your thinking andrew Oh, that's yeah. nice. Who wants to be the designated driver? We can I get can't one. I drive, so I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Likely excuse. <laughs> I think we mentioned in the last episode Canary Wharf launching, um, but I just wanted to make a note that Tower Hill has actually changed its name. I don't think anyone will use the new name. It's actually called Brewdog Outpost Tower Hill. And uh, the idea behind this is so it's to sort of signify that Tower Hill is a separate, it's a different kind of BrewDog experience to what you get anywhere else, um, which is interesting because BrewDog Itawan, Itawan opened in Seoul this week. It, it, oh, we Ooh. need a, a pronunciation yeah. of that. This has been a difficult run between Nurkopping and Itawan. And, oh, let's, let's wait for the Russian words yeah. to come out. Nizhny Novgorod. <laughs> but yes, this leads us nicely onto the uh, report that uh, Alan Manley sent us from the opening of Brewdog Milton Keynes that was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I'm just going to play in that audio here from Alan. Right, on the phone just now, uh, not a resident of Milton Keynes, but uh, gone up to visit for the EFP launch of the Milton Keynes bar is Alan Manley. Alan, um, how are you doing? Have you had much beer already? Uh, I've had a couple, yeah, touring two bars prior to here. (laughs) Excellent work. Alan, uh, introduce yourself to the listeners. So I'm Alan Manley, uh, same name on the forum, uh, same name on Twitter and Facebook, etc., uh, normally based in Reading, so that's my local bar, although I live in Sandhurst, about 10 miles out. Um, I run the chain gang from there and part of the Bottle Club. And this is probably my oh, seventh or eighth bar opening, and I'd say on a grand scale of out of 10, I'd probably give it about a seven and a half. Purely because of the atmosphere is quite lively, despite it being relatively quiet. Um, but I've been in the EFP since EFP 4, uh, right at the beginning of that round. Now, um, I know you don't know much about the area in Milton Keynes, but just before we started recording, you were telling me how this bar looks. So, um, yeah, go ahead and, and, and tell me again. It was, um, it was looking fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, so we've currently got... Uh, the building itself is over four floors. Uh, massively glass-fronted building with a bit of metal framework and attached to the Regis Hotel. Uh, so I believe two and a half floors are attached to the hotel and then the other one and a half of the Brewdog Bar itself. Um, I'm not entirely sure at this stage whether or not the other half is open today, but there is a stairwell that leads up to what could be potentially a fan zone if it was to be like Reading or 
Castlegate or something of the like. Yeah, I did see on on the blog there was mentioned that there's uh, ping pong tables in there, which I thought was quite different for Brewdog bars. Yeah, it gives it an interesting feel. Um, they've also got like a giant blue shield on the front door um, and a little banner that says Brewdog on the side, uh, which is in fitting with the remainder of the bars that go along, like All Bar One and the Zing Garden, etc. Cool. Uh, so it's and, and the Regis Hotel. So it's very well advertised from the side of the road. Um, parking, I must say, if anyone doesn't know Milton Keynes, first visit for me, it's a giant car park. <laughs> so car parking is not a problem. Excellent. <laughs> there are literally hundreds of bars, hundred, uh, sorry, hundreds of spaces alongside about 10 bars just along this one row. Excellent. Um, now, any um, have they done the bar toast already? We have indeed. Uh, we had JB, James Brown, yep, uh, who's the head of retail, uh, also the lead on the chain gang, so uh, I know him relatively well. Uh, he gave us a very good toast along with the general manager. Uh, we toasted this evening with Pope, uh, Pulp Patriot version 2, uh, which was quite nice, actually very fruity, uh, a little bit hoppier than the last version, uh, and for me actually an improvement, so yeah. Excellent. Good evening so far. Is there anything else about the bar um, worth mentioning? Uh, I think just given its location, it seems to be, again, for somebody that's not particularly local, seems to be quite in a businessy district of the town, although I'm led to believe that this is barely what Milton Keynes is like as a whole. <laughs> uh, but there are sort of a few bars and restaurants in the local area that I hope would draw to it. Um, as I say, easy parking, easy access, it's probably about 10 minutes off the M1, so not particularly difficult to get to if people are travelling for visa stamps and swipes. Um, burger menu, wings and hot dogs, and generally a very good path team. Yeah, Alan, I'm, I'm going to let you get back to your beers. Um, is, the, is, it, is the sun still up with you? Uh, it's still bright. Uh, the sun has gone, but we've got a nice blue sky with a little bit of light clouds. Um, and earlier on, one of the downsides of the bar, actually, is that there, because of the glass windows, they could do with some uh, sort of blinding system to stop the sun shining through at a certain level. But we have raised that already with JB. Oh, uh, and I believe it's in hand. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, we're quite sunny, light. We've got a few light IPAs and do uh, double IPAs to be sinking down shortly. So hopefully we'll enjoy the rest of the evening. Uh, Digi Dog Daz and Brewdog Cameron are here with us this evening. So ever, yeah. having a couple of nightcaps with them before they head off to their hotels. And yeah, just enjoying the night. Brilliant. Well, pass on my regards. Thank you again for taking the time to call me. Uh, really, really appreciate it, Alan, and I will no doubt bump into you for a beer soon. Excellent. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot for the call. Take care. Thanks again, Alan. Uh, really appreciate you stepping up and doing that. Now, I spied the friend of the show, Lynn. Um, she visited it uh, and said it was one of her favourite brew dog bars so far. And just to put that into context, Lynn's visited 47 brew dog bars, I believe. So that's a wow. big thumbs up from her. Um, so, yeah, that's great. Right. Now, Andrew, uh, you've Super. got a thing in the show notes here about Hopworks. Yeah, so we've talked a few times with excitement about the Glasgow oh, Hopworks. It's not happening. Oh, well, so, um, trombone. It's... I haven't got a sound effect. So, Glas this is Glasgow, isn't it? Yeah, so basically it seems that various planning hurdles made the project not very viable. So um, I think 
I'm I'm glad that it's been cancelled if it wasn't going to be a viable business, given it's a mm-hmm. business we have shares yeah. in. Uh, but it's still sad. It was a great idea for a project. Hopefully it'll pop up again somewhere else in Glasgow. But in the meantime, there's still two fantastic bars. Well, Prentice Baines has asked us on Facebook, could we talk about the Brewdog mini kegs? It had been suggested that they could be released over Christmas in the online shop Oh yeah, now I saw Prentice's question on Facebook, so I messaged Ben, the source of all knowledge at Brewdog, and here's his reply. Um, Hey, there's a trial underway with different types of 5 litre mini kegs at the moment. They should be available soonish in the online shop, assuming that they all work as planned. Uh, Ben said he's not seen them yet, but from what he gathers, they'll use some sort of carbon dioxide dispense system, so that sounds quite cool. Um, it's not the same idea as the ones you can buy in, like in Morrison's and stuff. The kind of the wee kegs that you can buy of different other lagers and stuff. That kind of idea. I guess. Pass. So. You cool. know, you know I've as much had, as me at this point. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. I've only ever had them from. I've had them from fine ales before, but that's the cask beers. So you just vent it and pour. I've not had a supposedly carbonated keg style beer yet. No. Excellent. Nice. So I don't know how it would work. Okay, um, Andrew, a quick one here. Born to Die. Um, we all know what it is, but I'm imagining there's a few people listening to this podcast who are not aware of Born to Die because the last one was middle last year, I think. So, how do you describe it? It's Brewdog describe it as the terminally hoppy IPA. It is a ridiculously hopped beer. It's got lots of bittering, resinous hops in there, very West Coast style. And after six to eight weeks, usually, uh, it's it's basically lost its edge. So the hops fade really quickly. Mm. It's designed to be drunk fresh. And so it's got a death date, which, you know, if you don't drink it before then, you turn into some sort of mutant afterwards. Um, <laughs> it's basically to be enjoyed within a couple of weeks of canning. So the newest one came out last week. So if you can find it, uh, within, say, a week of this episode coming in your ears, you should be uh, ready to go and enjoy it. What is the, the death date on it? Uh, for this one? Not September, 13th I, September, something like that, I'm sure. I, I could be wrong. Oh, I I, that's back in my drinking Bruce, case. You, so. love to, you love to throw <laughs> questions in that we don't know the answers to, don't you? Well, keep you keep you guys in your toes, <laughs> you know? Your, your message is important to us. Yeah, you look that up, and I'll tell you about the next quick thing. Uh, Richard Taylor, um, the beer writer, he put up a tweet. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. So, um, yeah, some amazing stats. With 414 entrants, Hazy IPA has knocked American IPA off the top spot at the Great American Beer Festival in terms of beers entered for judging. The first time since 2002 that US IPA has been on. Unsp- Unsurped as the most popular beer style at America's biggest beer exposition. So, yeah, the uh, that confirms the trend that we knew that hazy IPAs are uh, here to stay. I love well, a hazy IPA. I really do. I was going to say, isn't that a shame? Because I much prefer a resinous one than the West Coast one. Yeah, well, Emma, Emma, oh, if well. you um, are you into your hazy IPAs? You're not massive IPA drinker, really, are you? you? Prefer your darker beers. Yeah, I still do drink them, but yeah, um, definitely West Coast for me. Cool. Now, Emma, have you seen any of that new cardboard packaging that's coming out? I did, yes. I saw it again on, I think it was James's Instagram today or yesterday. Um, and he was still asking people's opinion 
on his feed today. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. Have you? Yep, have I you saw seen him in the supermarket. I saw him in Morrison's. Oh, yes, I have. Cool, you have Bruce. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw um, Indy in uh, in Tesco here. That's in the new cardboard pack- packaging. So, yeah, I think that's a big win. Um, um, I thought it stands. I tell you something, it does stand out on the shelves. Yeah. It really stands out. The punk, the punk packaging is it, it's it's almost like it's like a beacon, pulling you in. Excellent. Um, last one I've got here, uh, Rick Astley. Never going to give you up and all that. Uh, he's teamed up with Michaela to open a bar in uh, Shoreditch in London. Oh, obviously. So they they made a beer together. It was quite good. Yeah, um, I think they're they're friends, lifelong friends or something. So yeah, that's quite <laughs> an interesting one. So Rick Astley's in craft beer now. Excellent. Uh, you did go. you did you find you out the answer to our question, Andrew? Thirteenth of September. Oh, I was that. right. That's pretty good going by me. Excellent. Uh, right, Bruce, you've got this uh, yes. last little bit here yes. before we get on to your bad joke. Um, go for it. Do you? Yeah. Do you remember when uh, a few a few episodes ago that we were corrected with our complete kerfuffle description of Jane Gang? We completely messed yes. it up. And and Alan Mochrie came on in to correct us all. Well, he's back again, but not to correct us. He's got a small wee piece about something not only in Edinburgh, but actually, listen, we'll let Alan tell us. Hi, Brewdog News Podcast. My name is Alan Mochrie, and I'm in Brewdog Lothian Road, about to start a craft beer running tour of Edinburgh. Hosted by local company Run The Sites, the tour promises a four-mile sightseeing run through Edinburgh, enjoying some of the beautiful history the city has to offer, as well as taking in some of the great craft beer bars. Starting and finishing from Brewdog, where at the end, hopefully we'll enjoy a couple of craft beers or two. The weather could be better today, but let's go see what this is all about. Catch you guys later. Just back from the Run the Sites Craft Beer Tour of Edinburgh. Uh, absolutely fantastic time, but I'm now sat in the Brewdog in Lothian Road. A um, bit drier than it was out in the run, but can't help the weather sometimes. Um, so sitting with a pint of punk, uh, much enjoyable and much deserved after a four mile tour round the sites of Edinburgh. Took in some fantastic old town and some fantastic Water of Leith sites running around there with some brilliant facts along the way on craft beer, some fantastic facts on Edinburgh and some brilliant uh, running tours and running routes and uh, certainly got me interested in some new routes in Edinburgh that I'd never really explored before. Um, so I'm now joined by Ali who's the run director and the tour guide from today. So Ali, um, how did the craft beer tour come around and, um, and tell us a little bit about Run The Sites? Hi there, um, so we've been doing running tours in Edinburgh for about three years and most of them initially didn't involve any alcohol. They were super fun, really interesting, lots of tourists, lots of locals. And then we introduced our Prosecco running tours, which was pretty much a four or five mile running route. Um, interesting fact, and a glass of Prosecco at the end. And they became huge. So the obvious solution to getting lots and lots of people joining us was to introduce alcohol into the equation. Um, and I think with craft beer becoming such a big and popular thing in society today, so many options, so much enjoyment, and the, sh- and the really cool ethos of Brewdog, um, it was a no-brainer really. So I approached Brewdog in Edinburgh, um, and we've also, Elaine and Dundee and 
um, Elspeth in Glasgow approached their local brew dogs just to see if they fancy joining up and kind of hosting our running tours there. So off we go for a running tour for four or five miles, stopping at places of interest, and then we come back and we have some craft beer sampling and then settle with the beer of our choice from the sampling and just enjoy our afternoon. Brilliant. Thank you. So this is... Uh, We've had a couple in Edinburgh over the last like, few weeks uh-huh. um, and you've got several more like, planned over yeah. the, the next few months, I think. Yeah, so there's a few. There's one on the 5th of August, so in a week's time. Then we've got a couple more in September, a couple in October. Um, but we will release more dates. Um, they're just the ones that are in the diary just now, happening um, in Dundee and Edinburgh just now and Glasgow dates should be released soon, hopefully. Um, so really good fun we keep our numbers really low so folk can have a bit of banter it's not a race you don't have to be super speedy um, but you can get a good run in as well brilliant I can vouch for that so uh, we went at a reasonable pace today we went to the pace of the kind of slowest like, runner that was uh, that was out with us and um, stopping off every like, few hundred metres to kind of like uh, just understand like, where we were taking our surroundings lots of uh, uh, quite quirky photo opportunities as well around <laughs> um, the, the route and yeah it's, um, it's a non-competitive like run uh, really good fun um, so how do people get involved Ali? Um, so I guess look up our social media so it's run the site we have Instagram Facebook Twitter also the website so all bookings are through the website um, and I guess it's just something a little bit different if you maybe want something an, an alternative to a race bring your friends along have a bit of banter and create new memories brilliant so if you love craft beer you love running um, I think combine the two yeah thanks for thanks for having us brilliant thank you Cheers. Thanks, Ali. Cheers. OK, thanks very much, Alan. That was a fantastic piece. Really, really fascinating. Bruce, I am in very impressed. That's your first bit of editing of stuff you've done for the podcast, and that Thank sounded you great. And he puts and you, your, your, your choice of music as well, I believe. It was, yes. Excellent. Emma, I'm sorry to have to do this to you on your first time on the podcast, but it's time for Bruce's bad joke of the week. Yeah, I've um, I've decided to put my my phone and tablet down and start you know getting back to reading books. And this time I've got to you know I'm back reading this book about clocks. It's about time. Is there is there a punchline? Okay, that's it for this podcast. Next week we'll be recording just after the USA AGM. We'll be starting our own homebrew and we've been to the very first of our Bar Crow meetings. We'll be giving out the full story about the TV network as we find out more and we may have a very special giveaway that I'm holding up to everybody on the camera oh, oh, and I'm see, not see. going to tell the listeners, Wait, oh, but it's very special. Uh, a final mention for our Patreon campaign, please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdognews for all the details and the cool video that Kev from Border Digital helped us put together. Now, let's give everyone a chance to say where you can be found online. Let's start with you, Andrew. I'm Andrew on the forum. Come and find me there. Excellent. Uh, Emma, anywhere where you would like people to find out about you or or not? <laughs> yeah, I'm Emma... <laughs> Yes, I'm Emma underscore DeSena, D-E-S-E-N-A, on the forum, and Emma DeSena on Instagram. Cool. Oh, you're on Instagram as well. So, Bruce, you're going to tell us about your Instagram now, I'm sure. Yes, it's Brulafu, B-R-U-L-A-F-U, and that's the same on the forum as well. I'm not there much, but I might start um, 
pottering about a bit more. Yeah, you always say that in every video. Okay, you can find me at Sunscream on Twitter. <laughs> I'm the same Sunscream on the forums. You can also find out about my day job, which is just overwhelming at the moment. RobertCooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail to our local rate number at 01224 518 501. You can email us studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast and our Twitter is at brewdognews. Show notes and past episodes are always available on our website, brewdognewspodcast.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to show... Don't forget to subscribe to show... To make... Oh. <clears throat> don't forget to subscribe the show, to the show to make sure that you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Thank you, Bruce. Have a great week, everybody. Bye! 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 Bye, because my girls are sleeping, so they'll be quiet. Bye!